Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have back on the show previous guest Natasha Hawker, the director of the recruitment and HR advisory company Employee Matters, for another insightful discussion. Now, this time Natasha is talking to us about how higher levels of employee engagement can impact your bottom line. So if you're interested in optimizing business results, don't go anywhere because here we go. Listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Okay. Hi, Natasha. Thank you so much for coming back onto our Talking Law podcast. It's fabulous to have you back again. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. I love coming back again. (laughs) Fabulous. Okay. All right. So today we're talking about how to get 20% more profit in the business through employee engagement. That sounds crazy. Tell us all about it. How is this possible? It is possible. And I think it's one of the untapped leave is in a business that most business owners ignore. They have no idea, one, what is engagement? How do you define it? How do you measure it? And how do you increase it? Well, let's go through all of, that sounds like a good series of questions. <laughs> so what is engagement? Why Why is it important? Look, I believe engagement is one of the, honestly, I believe it's one of the secrets to optimizing your business and optimizing your business results even more importantly. And I think too many people um, hire people into their business and they expect them to learn Uh, just by osmosis. They don't do a very good onboarding process. And I wanted to use an example here. And I wanted, again, back to, I mentioned it last time, I'm a huge fan of Richard Branson. But if you think about the team that turn up every day to work at Virgin, how do you think they feel about going to work every day? You know, how would they describe what it's like to be an employee at Virgin? I don't know whether your listeners know, but he bought out in the US for head office. They have unlimited holidays. They can take as many holidays a year as they want. How does that work? (laughs) Exactly. How does it work? Well, the the irony is many people love work so much they don't, you know, they take what's probably deemed to be a normal amount, but people who want to go and travel around the world for six months can and they'll backfill their role and potentially bring them back, you know, when they come back. You know, they've got that loyalty so they haven't lost that permanent, that person permanently. And I think, you know, if you... So you're not talking about paid holidays. Yeah, I think they, I think they do paid holidays. It's amazing. It's unheard of, you know, and that's very Richard Branson as well. I'm sure there are some limits on it, but, um, you know, it's an amazing policy that I'm not suggesting everyone in Australia wants to do right now and could afford (laughs) to do, but it's around thinking differently. It's around how would you you know, and if you value that employee so much and it's a choice between travelling around Europe for 12 months or getting them back and they've been with you for 10 years and they walk out the door with all that company knowledge, I know how expensive that is to replace it. And so I think if you were to ask those Virgin employees what it's like to work there, they're going to say it's fun, they work hard, there's a strong customer-centric approach and they would probably say that there are very high levels of trust and autonomy 
for employees. And I think when businesses have team of employees that know their job, know what success looks like, can raise problems in a safe environment and offer solutions. They love their jobs. They love coming to work. And I think when they are like that, they feel incredibly valued and respected and and they will go above and beyond for you as a business. And that's really, really important. And an example being I have team members that work for me at night at 11 o'clock. I'm fast asleep by that time, just putting it out there. But they work for me at 11 o'clock at night, not because I tell them to, but because they love what they do. That's when it suits them. They have incredible flexibility to go and watch their children at the the school carnival or whatever. And sometimes they'll work at 11 o'clock at night because that suits them. Um, So it's, it's give and take. Uh, but essentially engagement is the measure of discretionary effort. So what will make someone stay to work back with you, not because you're necessarily paying them, not because, you know, they feel that there's something in it for me, but they're so bought into you, your business, your product, your clients, that they want to be there. They generally want to help you achieve your business goals and they feel bought into it. And how how do you create that then? Yeah, I think the the big thing around how you complete complete uh, sorry get that started is a couple of things. Um, one is you have to have a strategy or a business plan that the entire workforce know about, and that they and this is the most important thing. Plenty of business go tick yeah I've got that, but do the individual employees actually understand how their role and what their role is in helping the business achieve that? And most business or employees would say. I know there's a a business plan, but I don't know what I have to do to impact that. And and so, you you know, let's play an example of, um, you know, a receptionist. How how do you recommend that you go about communicating um, the receptionist's you know, connection to that or or bookkeeper or someone in uh, in the back end of a business because, of course, it can be a lot easier to communicate that to front-end um, staff or uh, client-facing staff, but it can be a lot harder, I think, you know, to communicate that um, to uh, less front-facing yeah. staff. I think that it comes back to, we talked about it on our last podcast, it's around that transparency. So all of my team, we have our our 10-year, three-year, one-year big rocks goals on a one, two-pager. And we share that with the business. So everyone knows what our revenue is now, what we expect it to be in 12 months, what we want it to be in three years and 10 years. They know all of that information and that's to that transparency point. So to your receptionists, it's really important that they have some KPIs. I'm a big fan in KPIs across all levels of business. So for me, a receptionist is um, if she saw or he saw her job, let's talk about a dentist, that every person that comes in there, nine out of ten are going to be terrified about going to the dentist. And imagine if they walk in and the receptionist grunts at them and throws a piece of paper and a board to fill out their form and tells them to sit over there versus somebody who's aware that they're probably feeling anxiety, who's engaging in them, who might be telling them some jokes, who might be talk, you know, putting their mind off or putting their mind at ease. Um, and they see themselves as, you know, a protector for those clients or patients that are coming in. Imagine the difference of the experience of those patients, scenario A versus scenario B. And then 
turn those into KPIs. So turn them into a, maybe it's a score that they get, you know, they get to tick a, a happy smiley face of their experience with the receptionist versus a grumpy face or whatever it is, but something that ties their output of their role back to the core, to the strategy of the business. Okay, look, I think this is this is really interesting stuff because obviously we work with our clients in developing um, employment contracts, and then the other element, uh, the next element to that is you know obviously you, you have this um, contract that relates to you know sometimes there'll be an incentive component, sometimes there won't, and incentives you obviously need to be. Um, attached to some sort of achievement of, um, you know, what, whatever the KPI is that relates to it. But, um, but what are you, so you're saying here, uh, I guess our reception staff, perhaps not tied to any um, bonus or incentive arrangement, we can still use KPIs in the background um, to increase their engagement and their, their productivity and performance. But what, let's, what does this actually look like? So you said we can have the smiley face, we can, um, we can create the uh, system around it by getting feedback from our customers to fill in either the smiley face or not smiley face. What does this then look like as a KPI? So Yes, so it might be a, a score. It might be what is on average if they were rated from one to five that they need to achieve a score of four and above. Um, you know, over a week. Uh, It may be that they have scripts that they need to follow in terms of welcoming the, uh, you know, picking up the phone and they need to follow the same script so that it's upbeat in the way that it's delivered, it's consistent in in terms of the content and that everybody feels loved and valued as a a client. Um, So they might be... how do we, you know, how do we measure that then? That's that's the problem, right? Well, obviously you might record the calls to determine whether they're, you know, whether they're answering, but often you can hear too, you know, you know if you're wandering through reception whether they're on script or off script in terms of, you know, how they're interacting with people. It might be that they have to do, make sure that the coffee cups are clean um, and that, that, that they're done three times a day or, you know, it does depend on the role and what you're trying to achieve and it does depend on what the strategy of the business and the goals of the business are. Uh, but I believe you can work out KPIs for every role in a business and they're very, very important. I think to your point around KPIs linked to bonuses, I, I'm a great believer in the discretionary bonus. You know, we just uh, had our team day day before yesterday. We've had our best financial year ever. And we've just given our team a dinner out for them and their partners on our expense as a thank you for all the hard work they've done. Now, that they didn't know that was coming. That's a surprise and delight. And it's just, you know, as a thank you. And what do you think the impact of that has been? Most of our team don't get time to go out for dinner because they've got mum, their mums of young kids. They don't do enough of that themselves. And so now they have that opportunity to go out and, as a reward for, you know, doing a great job this year. Mm, okay. All right. So, so we're talking about, you know, perhaps doing things every now and again to surprise and delight. I like that. <laughs> but, um, but also um, from, uh, 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 I, I guess, a planning sense, planning uh, KPIs for every staff member. Is that what you I, I think so. Yeah. Have a communication plan. The big one here, Joanna, is be an authentic leader. No one expects you to be Superman or Superwoman. 
be real, and and that brings enormous um, benefits with it uh, as a business owner. And it was interesting. Again, I had some feedback from one of my team members last week. I um, have been working with her for probably six, 12 months now, and I took her to an event off-site, and I asked her what she observed about me as her as her um, her boss, and she said, Natasha, you were exactly the same. It, you, there was no difference between what you present to your team and how you went to the outside world. And I hadn't expected that feedback, but I thought it was really valuable feedback because, you know, that was around being authentic. You know, you show up and you, and you are who you are. Give your team a voice. Yeah, I was just going to say, but, but what are examples here then of inauthenticity? I guess that's what the yes. authenticity Say, would be. <laughs> saying one thing to one person and saying another thing to another pretending you're something you're not I am I've had clients come to me and say Natasha I'd like you to do this piece of work and I'd say actually no you don't my team are infinitely better at this stuff than I am I'm not in the detail anymore I used to be great HR detail practitioner but now I run a business and that's what I'm focused on you know I'm not I'm not the person you want going through your modern award and who you want writing your policies because I'm not good at it anymore, but my team are. So being actually uh, strong enough to say, I'm not the expert here. You don't actually want me. You want my team because they're great, um, you know, and, and setting them up like that. And I think, you know, uh, the other thing that's really important is you need to give your team a voice. You need to give them an opportunity to give you feedback. You need to actually measure engagement. There's a number of different tools you can use that. We use one called um, Six Questions, which we've I, I love. Uh, what I like about it is it's a weekly engagement pulse check and it's literally six questions. And there's a smiley face from being very, very happy to being very, very sad. What are the six questions, can I ask? And, uh, I'll see if I can remember them. <laughs> they were, uh, do you enjoy working at Employee Matters? Uh, how productive were you this week? Do you believe that you are being given the right amount of training? Do you believe that um, your team are there for you? Something along those lines. And we get that measured every week and it gives us a score and it tells us how we're benchmarking against a global score. People can do it on their phones. It takes them under a minute to do. And we know that there are ebbs and flows in a business. And some weeks you're going to have a really bad week and that's okay. But what happens when you do an engagement survey just once a year is it's very retrospective and it's looking back. And often by the time you get the results, the information's dated. What I love about this is it's every week and you can see if there's any trends that you don't like or trends that you do like. You know, for example, a lot of our team said the only one we got marked slightly down on was training because a lot of our people come to us with the skills they already need. And so this year we're spending a lot more time and money and effort on on building their skills in another area. Mm, great. Okay. All right. And so are, are there any other tips then that you have here um, for getting your workforce engaged? Yeah, I think the other one would be to exit non-performers. Uh, it sounds ironic, uh, but most people sit on their non-performers or the people that uh, do the wrong thing for way too long. And that can have a very negative impact and long-lasting impact on engagement. And I think, you, you know, part of the reason for that is often, uh, you, you know, is number one, um, 
from a personal perspective, some many people are, uh, you, you know, anti-conflict and, you know, so they um, they don't want to create the situation where they're um, having to either, number one, have that discussion or number two, have that impact on someone. Um, but the other components that can also be at play a fear, fear of, you know, for, for good reason, um, fear of the employee um, taking legal action against them um, or fear of fear of you know other sorts of things creating um, waves within the organization um, and so I guess from a legal perspective I, I, I would just say that it's really important you know whilst there is that risk there it's really important to catch this as early as possible because there, there are ways you can set set your organization up there's good ways and there's bad ways to do this exit um and you just want to make sure that you have that it's not a rash decision that you're making at the last minute because then that highly increases the likelihood of it creating legal repercussion yeah you're absolutely right yeah and i think you know what i would say is big business can afford non-performers they shouldn't have them still but they can afford them small businesses if you've got 10 employees and two of your perform two of yours are underperforming significantly that's 20% of your business yeah what do you think that's doing to your productivity it's massive one thing that we didn't touch on which we should is is um, when i talked about some of the um, the research here so harvard did a, uh, a a fair bit of research around this and it scored engagement and it said where businesses have a score of 75% and above in other words in the top quarter in comparison to those that were in the bottom 25% and they were scoring above 20, 75% around engagement they uh, generally got, on average, 21% more productivity and 20% more profit. Wow. And I'm pretty sure most of your listeners right now would be really happy with those results. So yeah. it really is worth understanding and getting a business to high levels of engagement because it just comes back to you tenfold. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. How to add another 20% to your bottom line. <laughs> Just get your workforce engaged, happy and, uh, you know, clear out uh, staff that perhaps aren't meeting your expectations in the environment. But um, but start having those conversations and getting yourself prepared early in order to avoid legal repercussions or minimise the risk of uh, legal repercussions. All right, wonderful, Natasha. Thank you so much for your time today. Is there any other action tips you want to leave with our, uh, with our listeners? I think, you know, first and foremost, measure your engagement so you know what it is. And you can do that in a very quick and dirty way through a survey monkey with a couple of quick questions. And um, the second one is communicate to your team. The third one is check in on your progress. Make sure that, you know, ask people, are you feeling happier than what you were four months ago? Um, be real and love your clients, defend your clients and love your employees even more. And again, another lovely Richard Branson quote, which I, uh, I, uh, I share with all of our clients, clients do not come first, employees come first. If you take care of your employees, they will take care of your clients. Oh, that's lovely. I really like that one. You've got you've got some great quotes there, Natasha. I like it. <laughs> um, how can people contact you if if any of our listeners want a little bit more help in this area? 
Yeah, best way to contact me would be employeematters.com.au um, and or call us direct on 02 802 uh, We have loads of free checklists on the template that you can download. There's a You can get a copy of my book, which is called From Hire to Fire and Everything in Between. And there is a couple of good chapters around building engaged teams and also communication strategies as well. Fabulous. Wonderful. Well, look, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on today, Natasha. Um, some really interesting topics and and I think areas that dovetail really importantly into many of the um, areas that we deal with from a legal perspective. So it, it's good to be able to give a um, really, I guess, a holistic perspective um, in this area. Thank you so much, Natasha. Um, I'm sure we'll have you back on the program again sometime soon to talk about more of these employment matters. There's certainly something that um, is very relevant to our audience um, and certainly interesting to them and um, to any business owner, to me as well. I think I've learned a lot today. Thank you for having me. Well, that concludes today's episode with Natasha Hawker, where we drilled into this interesting concept of employee engagement, which we defined as the measure of discretionary effort. This is the extent to which your employees feel passionate about their jobs and are committed to your organisation. According to a Harvard study, high levels of employee engagement generally lead to a 20% increase in business profits, which makes it super important that business owners pay close attention to this area if you want to optimise your business results. Natasha left us with four actionable tips that you can start adopting in your business to accelerate employee engagement and increase the profitability. First, measure your engagement. As they say, what gets measured gets done. So you can do that by setting up KPIs across all levels of the business, or you can do a very short survey with a couple of quick questions through something like SurveyMonkey. The second tip is to communicate with your team. It's not enough to have a business strategy in place. You also have to make sure your entire workforce knows about it and that each individual employee understands their role in helping achieve your goals according to this plan. The third one is to check on progress. Make sure that staff have a platform for providing the business with feedback. Lastly, be an authentic leader. Love your clients. Love staff even more. As Natasha mentioned, if you take care of your employees, they'll take care of more clients for you. Now, if you're interested in learning more about this topic, you can connect with Natasha and her team at Employee Matters by checking out our show notes at www.talkinglaw.com.au. There we link through to their website and have their contact details if you want to call them directly. And of course, if you enjoyed what you heard today and you are not subscribed to Talking Law, then check out your favourite podcast player and hit the subscribe button on Talking Law in order to get notifications straight to your phone whenever a new episode is out. Well, thanks again for listening in. This has been Joanna Oki and Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Are you looking for a top quality legal team to assist you in your organisation? Aspect Legal is an innovative commercial legal practice that specialises in providing fast and professional services for their clients. If you'd like to chat about how we might be able to assist you, simply head over to our website at aspect.com 
legal.com.au to book in a time for a free discussion with one of our lawyers. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.